You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. Welcome to Alex Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal's football, presented by Sport Buff. I'm your host, Tim Capper, along with Cliffy D. We finally figured this goddamn thing out tonight, man. You, <laughs> you listeners, you're lucky we have a show this week. <laughs> we're, we're, we're just barely getting this out, folks. We're, we've been when they say "please stand by" for technical difficulties. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. we've been doing is standing by. You've been standing by. I've been one that's been throwing a. Throwing everything across the room, and yeah, nothing like when your Yeti gives out on you. Because if anybody listened to the show when we tried to do it, it would have been as if Tim was trying to take uh, do the show while taking a shower. Yeah, <laughs> which which would be uh, you know I guess maybe that's something we can work on for a Patreon or something. But you know <laughs> that kind of exclusive content. No video, please. No video. Definitely not video. No, 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 no. Mind you, that. That could go up on Pornhub or, anyways, I digress. I digress. This has gone, this has gone way, off, way off the rails. <laughs> and, yeah, I know. We're not even that that, that long into the show. Um, yeah, uh, you know, we got obviously some, you know, it's not the result that we wanted in Winnipeg because now the onus, and mind you, it, it, it didn't start off right. I mean, we wanted Toronto to lose, and of course, it didn't happen in Ottawa. Um, Came you know, close though, huh? Came close though. The Red Blacks played. Uh, I'd say probably the best game in a long time. Yeah, they, they, yeah, I know it's true. Um, but then they woke up and realized that they were the Red Blacks. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and but I mean, it did start off on a positive note. I guess the week did with BC losing. BC losing to Hamilton that clinched a playoff spot for the Alouettes. Just going to depend on with what spot the Alouettes have. And by the looks of things now, even with all teams finishing six and six according to the league, uh, the best to, uh, best we can get is uh, a home playoff spot, a home playoff in the Eastern semifinal. But that's yeah. with help, and that's that's what we'll talk about a little bit later. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the game, I, I, as I said, it started off well. We're just needed. We just need help now. That's the thing. Um, we knew going into the game, it was, it was going to be tough. You know, Trevor Harris starting. Um, it was going to be tough going, in, going into Winnipeg and winning, considering that they were undefeated at home going into mm-hmm. the game. And, their dominance in the fourth quarter, which is absolutely mind-boggling, when you know, as of now, they've outscored their opponents in the fourth quarter by a hundred points. I'm sorry, sorry, points. excuse me, 110, 110 points. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no. I, so, gonna go on. I was just gonna say, like, give Montreal a lot of credit. They were able to hang with the defending Grey Cup champions, and again, a, a team that's ten and one. To be able to hang with them for three quarters was nothing short of impressive, but then just the fourth quarter came, and I really wish I knew exactly what it was. Where I wish you could pinpoint the exact moment where it was like, okay, this just all falls apart, and 
it did. That's really what it came down to was the Alouettes were able to hang with these guys, which is impressive all by itself, but just couldn't close. And how many times have we seen that this year? Yeah. The Alouettes get so, you know, they, they put in a valiant effort and for whatever reason, just can't seal the deal. No, it's true. Uh, uh, I mean, you know, the Alouettes lose 31-21. Um, something that was pointed out, which I didn't even think about because I listened to the I listened to the post-game show, by the way. First Alouettes, and it finally happened, I guess third time, the charm, the, the, TSN, the TSN 690 broadcast was actually online for the very first time in history. Hmm. Uh, you know, even going back to I think twenty uh, back to nineteen ninety seven, where not all games were broadcast on the radio, but still this was the first time we had an Alouettes game that was actually broadcast online. Anyways, I was listening to the post game show, and Herb Zerkowski brought up a very good point, which I didn't even think about when I was asking Kahari Jones. The Owls did not the Alouettes did not score Cliff for the last twenty three minutes of the game. After they scored, the, after they scored their touchdown in the third, they went scoreless. Mm. And you can't do it, mind you. They were still in it, yes. But there are a lot of things that the Alouettes got away from, which didn't make any sense. Yeah, absolutely. It, uh, like I said, it's, it was just like a disconnect mm-hmm. from the team. Mm-hmm. Like you can't tell me they don't know how to score. They've been doing it all game for the most part. I mean, even though it was. It really was like count, point counterpoint, like you know, either you know, one team would score, the other would respond, and vice versa. And yeah. that's really what it was. Was, yeah. I mean, you know, Montreal, like I said, Montreal was in this game for the first three quarters, one hundred percent. Like, and they looked like they could pull it off. That maybe they could be that one team that was able to beat Winnipeg at home this year. And like I said, just I don't know if the moment just got too big for them or what exactly happened, but it just all of a sudden they just forgot how to football. Well, there there were a few things, and you know. By the way, just to, just remind everybody that they lost thirty one twenty one. They fell to, they fell to six and six, uh, solidifying themselves currently in third place. Um, in order for the Alouettes to even think about entertaining the idea of hosting the Eastern semifinal, they need to win their next two versus uh, Winnipeg and Ottawa, and Toronto needs to lose their next two. Um, to Hamilton this coming Friday and a very interesting one considering it's the makeup of the COVID game uh, to Edmonton with Edmonton. Mm. So we need help. And yes. again, it, it, we will know by Friday where our, our, our fate is sealed for 2021. We'll know already. Just like we or did. We'll have, or we'll have a much better idea. It'll be sealed. Our fate Good. will be sealed if Toronto wins, Cliffy. Then yes, third they, place. They, third place. Yep. Yes. So we'll know. Well, so okay. But if Hamilton I'll re- I'll wins, retract. Okay, I, I understand. I'm, I'm retracting. Sorry. Sorry, you are correct. If Toronto wins, we know where. Where? Uh, sorry. Yeah. If Toronto wins, we know where our fate is. If yes. Toronto loses, then it's up to us. Right. So. Um, you know, I I honestly think again it was the the offensive line again. We have been struggling all season when it comes to injuries, and we again it happened again. We lose somebody on the on the offensive line, 
and they get away from running with William Stambeck for whatever reason. I have no clue, considering he was a beast. And, yeah. It's just a matter of what the Alouettes... I mean, it's, and again, we're following the uh, the injury reports for this week. It's it's interesting in itself, again, which we'll, we'll talk about in a couple of minutes. But do you, do you did you see it that way too, Cliff? I mean, was there anything else? I mean, Harris, in my opinion, just did okay. He does not have the mobility that uh, Schultz does and more so than Vernon does. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that showed in how many sacks that we gave up. But then again, that had to do with, I think, the offensive line also. What did you see? Yeah, I definitely think Harris was okay. As I said, for the first three quarters, he was fine. I mean, the touch he, he did throw for two touchdowns and, you know, give him credit for that. I mean, he definitely, you know, he he did the little things that you need to do, but then again, there was a lot of times where I just felt like he was hanging on to the ball way too long, and as a result, getting sacked. Uh, yes, the O line is still dealing with a lot of things, and also too, uh, they got Philip Gagnon back in the game and lost him again. Mm-hmm. So once again, having to make changes on the fly, which is never good, and yeah, this O line has definitely taken some hits. It's to the point where I'm. I can't help but wonder why the Alouettes didn't go out and acquire some actual big name talent at the trade deadline as far as offensive line help goes, because you can't just put a bunch of big guys there and expect them to to work together. Like it it doesn't quite work that way. Like you need guys with experience and some of the the player like again, a lot of the depth that the Alouettes have, I mean these are like mostly rookies and people that have never gotten any actual reps in a game. So, and I, th- I think you see a lot of that. And as a result, Trevor Harris was being bullied for the most part, and also being forced to make some really bad decisions, especially in the fourth quarter. It, Don't, yeah, for, I think it was a bound to happen. I, I, I think it's funny that you know we talk about what Schultz did in Ottawa. And it, what, was it Schultz in Ottawa when he got picked? Um, yeah, and, and it was a, a great read by the defense. Th- this was the exact same thing here. Well, at least on the I mean, first yeah, one. At least yeah. on the first one. At least on the first one. The second yeah. one, don't don't get me started. Oh gosh, like, and that's it. I mean, like, okay, everybody makes mistakes, but <laughs> as as I've often said, once is a mistake and twice is a choice. And like that second one, like there is, oh yeah, no, it was not uh, not pretty by any stretch. And just to the point where you're sitting there, like, okay, the Alouettes went. And made this incredibly risky move to go get Trevor Harris. Everybody and their mother said that okay, this is this is going to work out. He's going to you know he's got the experience. He's got this. He's got that. Like, I mean, to me, he just looked like the backup quarterback I expect him to be. Like he's a backup quarterback getting paid starters money. Yeah. There, there, there was nothing I've seen in the game and a half that he's played that has really made me change my opinion of him as far as that goes. I mean, is, like I said, is Harris he give, compl- is Harris giving you shades of, of Darian Durant uh, when he came to Montreal? Actually, I I pretty much compared him to like Matt Nichols or Drew Willie as far as quarterbacks who were able to convince a football team that you know, yeah, right now I'm a backup, but you should pay me like a starter because I can be that guy. And Darian was in the same boat as far as, as far as, as far as, as far as the paycheck. Oh, as far as the paycheck. Absolutely. But I'm I'm talking about like guys that essentially are perennial backups 
who manage to convince teams to pay them as though they're not backups. And I think that's really what the case is with Trevor Harris. Like he managed to convince Ottawa and Edmonton to pay him like a starter. But in reality, like he seems to be, he's good enough to be a backup quarterback. Like he's good enough to come in in spurts and not completely sink your franchise. Uh But I don't look at this guy and think that he's worth what he's getting paid right now. So like th- this is one of the concerns I have, and the fact that again I can't keep think I can't stop thinking about the fact that he's owed three hundred k on February first. Yep. And God forbid he pops his Achilles or tears an ACL, and the Alouettes are going to have to eat that because they can't get rid of him if he's injured like that. Like I have, I have no doubt in my mind that the Alouettes are going to cut him the minute this season's over, whether it finishes November twenty eighth or later. Yeah, I agree with you, but. But I, I'm telling you right now, I do not believe Trevor Harris is going to be long for this team. I even if he somehow manages to help the Alouettes win a great cup, I still don't think he's going to be long for this team unless something happens to him and he's stuck. And then you're going to have to eat that 300K bonus. And that I tell you what, I, I, that's that would be a very bitter pill to swallow. And oh. then that the, the ramifications that could come from that as a result are just like, I don't even want to think about it, quite frankly. So I'm, I'm just sitting there like, Oh God! Like, just if we have to lose, we lose. But just, just let's just get through this as quickly as we can. Then, like, I, it's. I think what's frustrating is that we have seen first, first CFL, first game starters in the CFL this year play above and beyond what Trevor Harris currently has done. And he's, and he's <coughs> been Meyer. here. Right, he's been here what ten to fourteen days, whatever he's been. You know. And I think I think it was said on the TSN broadcast that Kahari said that. He had ninety percent of the it was eighty five to nine ninety percent of the plays down. Mm-hmm. As a veteran should, for the most part. I mean, you give someone who has played in this league two weeks, for the most part, they can get it down. I remember Kevin Glenn saying he could learn a playbook in three days. Okay, but that's Kevin Glenn. I mean, I mean, he's a well, he's it, a legend. I know. Well, people need to remember. Remember, this is the same Kevin Glenn that was traded to Montreal. And played that next week. He started that next week against the exact same play team that he had played the week prior. Yep. Which is in itself nutballs. Big time. <laughs> now, I don't think it'll ever, ha- ever happen again. I think he's the first, and I don't think it'll ever happen again where you have the – that happened in the CFL. It's not necessarily a recipe for success. If it works – yeah. More power to yeah. you, but uh, I mean, and Harris too had come into the game. He had uh, he had gone three and zero in starts with his new, fir- you know, with first starts with his new team. Yet, I, I think it was the Alouettes' last five quarterbacks who came in with their first start were zero and five. So mm. <laughs> it didn't bode too well. Maybe it's the uniform. Maybe just putting on the uniform mm. means I, I don't know. Loss. I don't know. <laughs> um. You know, I, I'm just – I don't know, and we already know this week. We already know it's already been announced who's going to be the starter. It was, it was mentioned in uh, uh, the Toronto newspaper, actually. I think it was the, the Globe. The Globe and Mail or the Toronto Star. Somebody somebody announced it already that Harris is going to be starting. And Schiltz is still on the mend. Um, so there goes there – was, there was my hope – because I think we need something, but 
you know, you go to you go to the stats itself, Cliff, for the game, and again, you saw what Stanbeck did. I mean, he became uh, the fourth Alawitz running back to have uh, two or more years of a thousand yards, uh, two two or more consecutive years of a thousand yards. Mm-hmm. And he gets what seven rushes, seven attempts, six attempts in the second half. He he had seventy five yards, I think, at halftime. Hmm. Come on, I don't. I, I think even Kahari, you know, they Herb asked him some questions again, and Kahari, you know, it's like Kahari doesn't have the answers. Well, I I got the impression that as soon as he got his thousand yards for the season, like it was almost like okay, we gotta you know shut him down or at least keep him keep him fresh for the playoffs. Like he went, and he got his plateau. That's excellent. And then after that, it was okay. Let's uh, right, but let's but, put him on a pitch count. Right, but then we saw you know Cameron Artis Payne. I think he got a uh, he got a single rush when I'm checking here. Two rushes. Two rushes. And uh, he's on the injured list this week with a hammy at the moment, which doesn't bode too well. On the surface, no, no, it does not. So I, I honestly think that they would have kept him going. I mean. Stanbeck should win the rushing title. I think there's no question about it. Yeah, I think he's at least 300 yards. Uh, you know, beyond the uh, the next, uh, who I think is Kadeem Carey for the Stampeders. Yeah. I think he's at 700 something. Yeah. So. I mean, Stanbeck. I mean, 16 rushes, 106 yards, and again, it's 6.6 average, dude. 6.6 average. Um. No. I mean, try try as they might. I mean, teams do have to really game plan for this guy. We, and it's funny we've never gotten, we never had the real chance to have both of them in at the same time. Art, you know, camera, you know, artist Payne and Standback. Yeah, they, which they, I think would if and if they were able to do that successfully, I mean, I th- definitely think that would have taken a lot of the pressure off of Trevor Harris, especially in the fourth quarter. I mean, like just considering how he just sort of fell flat afterwards, like it just it would have made, added a new dimension. Yeah, yeah. Um, Harris, 14 to 25, 177 yards, two picks, two interceptions. It, it to me, it, it, you know, first half was okay. Al's got started with a uh, scoop and score. Um, what a beauty that uh, was. It was. <laughs> Jamal um, Davis, just, he... Right place at the right time. Although you got to give credit to Nick Usher, the, oh, no the so-called free agent bust. Yeah, yeah. But Trevor I, just was just again so so. You know, I think this is for the first time in a long time that I've sat and I've sat here at home and I was, I was sincerely nervous watching this game. Hmm. And it had nothing to do with the standings. It was just a matter of I knew this was a game that I, I felt that we should we should have should win. Or at least we need to take one of two versus versus Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. But you know, no receiver had more than four catches. Quan Bray, uh, eight targets, four four catches, sixty two yards. Uh, touchdown, touchdown. Jake got it, got it. You know, got on the board finally. He was perfect for four, four sixty yards and a t- and a tutty. Mm-hmm. Um. Artist Payne got two yards. Stanbeck didn't. You know, Stanbeck had a had a, had a target. Uh, Julian Grant had a target. I think he. Had, he I think both of his were drops. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Reggie White had a target in six yards, and then Eugene Lewis only had three catches on seven targets for, for 44 yards. So it was very mediocre. You know, the Owls did what they had to do, but if, if you look at their score, yeah, they only scored 14 points. Yeah. I mean, real, realistically. And again, that, that just speaks to the defense that uh, Winnipeg has. I mean, but again, still being able to hang with these guys and keep them honest was was pretty impressive. Like, that's that's what I mean. If you could just go by the first three quarters, this mm-hmm. was absolutely a winnable game for the Alouettes. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't tell me that the this is not an elite team when they when they get their act together. This is a team that can be very competitive and has shown to be very competitive. It's just, like I said, I, I can't tell you how many times this year we've seen that where they just fall apart or they play poorly, you know, get it together, make that impressive comeback, come close, but then just still can't quite finish it. Like it just, yeah, there's a a lot of close, but no cigar kind of situations for the Alouettes in 2021. And it's disappointing because I look at, I, I, I'm thinking right now, just four, including this game, four games that a couple of things gone, a couple of bounces happened, you know, more towards the Alouettes. We'd be looking at an incredible record for this team. Like you'd be looking at 10 and four, or, or sorry, ten and two, I should say. Ten and four. Oh, I mean, at this well, point, at this point, yeah. At this point, yes. Yeah, I think this team can go eight and six. I think they can go I think, on. I think they can go on a run. I mean, I, I will admit one of the positives for me also for this game was the Darius Pickett in kickoff returns. I, I, originally, it was supposed to be Cameron Artis Payne. I think that was slotted in according to the depth chart, if I remember correctly. But uh, yeah, Pickett did well. But again, he pun did. returns. What happened? I don't understand what happened with the pun returns. I mean, Absher just did nothing. Not much, no. And then they mean, tried uh, with Greg Reed and they tried with Quan Bray. Yeah, so I I don't know. <laughs> I, I wish I had an answer for that. Like, We're still looking for that dynamic returner. You know, well, to it makes me Mario wonder, Alford. Yeah, it makes me wonder if he's not coming back and possibly because we've not heard anything about him. I mm-hmm. thought... I mentioned last week that I that I think he he would be eligible to come off this week, but he won't be back until next, right? If I remember correctly. I mean, we have other people that are that are currently on the roster too, which I think might make an which would make a uh, an impact. You know, Fabian Guerra, as I mentioned last week, but he's on the practice roster currently. Um. I mean, I mean, Al's were were only held to. To fifty-two total, total uh, fifty-two plays in all. Mm-hmm. Uh, one sack, you know, for a league-leading team, they only had one sack. They were they were close to getting to Caleros, but then he would dink and dunk and do his. Uh, oh, it was just so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's I what mean. a good quarterback does, and that's hey, I can't fault him, man. Look at his record no. since he since he came to since he came to Winnipeg. One hundred percent, and that's and unfortunately, he's that performance of his not just on this past Saturday, but overall since coming to Winnipeg. That's why everybody makes that comparison with the Trevor Harris deal, trying to say that this is the same as the Zach Caleros to Winnipeg deal. Like, well, no, because I'm sorry, Trevor Harris is not anywhere close to the quarterback that Zach Caleros is. I mean, yes, Claro's had some injury issues, and he kind of bounced around a little bit. But once he 
found his form and clearly the system in Winnipeg works for him. He's, he's proven it. He's, uh, he's lost one game since becoming a Winnipeg blue bomber. I, I mean, but you, you take a look at the talent level of a Zach Caleros and you can see this, like this guy is a winner. 100%. He was a winner. Like he was, they were talking of him as being a MOP candidate back in 2015 when he tore his ACL. Yeah. And the, like the comeback for him took a little a little longer than expected, but now you see what he's done in Winnipeg so far, and it, it's tremendous. But to compare him, his acquisition to what you know to Trevor Harris with Montreal, you're talking apples and oranges. This is not even close to the same <laughs> thing for so many reasons. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, but Zach Caleros is head and shoulders above Trevor Harris as far as being an actual quarterback goes. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, considering he was the cast off, I mean, so it was, it, it just hasn't, yeah. He, and, he, and let's make it clear, folks, I'm not here to bag on Trevor Harris. No. I mean, no, it, no. It, it's just, you, you put all this hype on this guy, like all the other CFL talking heads were, you know, talking about this guy like he's the next Ricky Ray. I'm like, okay, yeah, he played with Ricky Ray. He learned from Ricky Ray, but he's not Ricky Ray. He's not even close to Ricky Ray. I mean, it, it, I'm sorry. Like he, he truly is a backup quarterback being paid starters money. That that's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. You know, you brought him in here to be that insurance policy to help keep the team afloat. To you know, especially too like should Matthew Schultz go down? Because again, Matthew Schultz was playing perfectly fine football. In fact, he was excelling for the most part before he went down to this injury and. Now the Alouettes are, I don't want to say stuck with them necessarily, but I mean, like now pretty much it's up to Trevor Harris to make sure the Alouettes secure their playoff position, whether it's going to be second or third place. But this is not the guy to hang your hat on, I, I'm sorry to say. there, There's nothing that I saw in the past two games that said, oh yeah, Trevor Harris has to be the guy. You've got to give everything to this guy. I, I'm sorry, I just... I just don't see it. I'm waiting. I'm still waiting to be impressed, as they say. Yeah, yeah. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, we already know that he's going to he's going to start this week. But we'll be getting to that in a couple of minutes here. So, anything else? Now, do, you, now, uh, do you think? Let's let's play a hypothetical here. Sure. Trevor Harris goes. He wins the two games, and if if there's just you know barely wins, Matthew Schultz is okay, ready to go. Do you start him in that playoff game? See, that's tough. It is tough. That's tough. But we saw what Schiltz did coming off the bench. And is that what it's going to have to take for Schiltz to get his job back? Is for, God forbid, Trevor Harris goes down, even just like a minor injury, like just enough to knock him out of a game. And then you put Schiltz back in? For the Eastern semifinal, is is that what it's going to take? It might. It's kind of sad if if that's the case. I mean, the way Kahari was talking, he's saying everything that we want to hear. If you're a Matthew Schultz fan, so I could I could easily see Schultz playing in the la- in in the game versus Ottawa. Well, here's hoping. I mean, especially too, if it's going to be another. It, it also depends on where we are in the standings and what that last game actually means. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just I'm just worried that it, it really does feel like the Alouettes have to justify this contract of Harris's to like that has to equate his playing time, which I'm not a fan of that. I wasn't a fan of it when he was acquired, and I'm now that we've seen what's happened so far, I'm still not a fan of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, D Day is coming up for that uh, three hundred thousand um, dollar bonus. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, God forbid, God forbid something happens to Trevor Harris while he's playing for the Alouettes, because mm-hmm. that—that's a pretty big pill to swallow. No, I know, I know what you mean. Before we go on to talk about anything else, do you uh, any other any other uh, things you want to talk about for the game? Uh, well, actually, one thing I do want to kind of talk about uh, just on social media, which you know. It's always it's the best and the worst thing in the world, right? <laughs> Social media is. I had to laugh. Oh, I've been running through TikTok recently. I can tell you, it, it actually. It's, I didn't never thought social media could be so bad as it is. <laughs> well, let me tell you, uh, when I posted the alternative blog on Facebook, like, and I know it's the minute, minute I say Facebook, you're automatically going to be like, oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> it's true, folks. It's true. I got a lot of heat from other fans quote unquote uh, regarding you know i guess my my critical nature of the game my critical nature of harris versus caleros so it seems like there was a lot of things to the, you know and i'm sure a lot of people would look at it as like a hatchet job and I, I promise you it wasn't i'm just saying what i saw i'm just giving my perspective on things and it really made me laugh because it seemed like there was a lot of bomber fans who were like well you should be happy that you know yellow were able to stay toe-to-toe with the with the bombers and you should be happy like a lot of you should be happy's when it came to the loss, I'm like, well, last time I checked, the Grey Cup wasn't awarded to the team that almost won. I mean, they don't hang, maybe they do in Winnipeg, but. Wait a minute, hang, wait, 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 wait. You don't win the Grey Cup for, for for getting the most happies? Apparently not. Oh, for Christ's sake. Well. I know. It's like, it's like why do we even bother? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I gotta got empty out my jar now. My jar of happies. Well, maybe maybe I'll send them, maybe I'll send them to Ottawa. There you go. They deserve it. Like the last time I checked, you don't hang a banner for the we hung with the the defending Grey Cup <laughs> champions for three quarters. Yeah. Maybe they do that in Winnipeg. You know, like I, I haven't been in their stadium in five years, so I don't know what uh, what banners they hang anymore. Actually, but, uh, actually, <laughs> if the Alouettes score a touchdown versus Winnipeg in the fourth quarter, we deserve a banner. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? It's hard to argue that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 I just I, I'm amused more than anything else by this notion that we should be happy to lose. If you're going to lose a game, you should be happy to lose like that. Like maybe y'all are just so used to losing in Winnipeg that you know now you finally got a little you know you got a little hair on your uh, your your you know on your chest that all of a sudden uh, now you're you're feeling brave. You're feeling uh, you're feeling good. Like listen, that's great. Listen, Winnipeg's finally winning. For the first time in ages, good on you. But this this notion that you know I'm too hard on Trevor Harris and I'm too hard on the Alouettes for not getting the job done. I'm sorry. I I expect this Alouettes team to win. And let's face it, the only thing Winnipeg was playing for was the dubious honor of being undefeated at home. Which also, too, I'm pretty sure they don't hang a banner for at IG Field. No. I guess we'll I guess we'll find out next year, but. Uh, <laughs> As far as I can tell, like all these little like moral victories and all that stuff, like maybe you guys want to count that as you know 
stuff to hang your hat on. I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised nobody nobody said something to you. Well, at least you made the playoffs. Well, I was waiting for that too, but you know. But no, I'm sorry. Like I expect this Alouettes team to win, no matter what. And again, I, this all comes back to the fact that the Alouettes very well could have won this game this past Saturday versus Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. I won't go so far as to say they should have won, but yeah, maybe, you know what? Yes, they should have won that game. They really should have. They they prove that they are a good enough team. They they prove that you know people always say, well, who have the Alouettes beaten this year? Well, every time they until this past Saturday, every time they played a game against somebody who was in first place, they beat them. Yeah, people forget that though. It's selective, you know, selective uh, yeah. reasoning. No, no, you'd rather focus on the fact that okay, you beat the the Red Blacks three times. Great, you beat the Elks. Great. Okay, fine. We we beat up on the the lesser than. There were, other, there were other other teams that did the exact same thing, and there, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what? Yeah, Winnipeg, Winnipeg's beaten the Elks too. They've uh, well, they, they didn't beat the Red Blacks. So they never played them, but like, again, the Winnipeg's you know done well, and I give them full props. They they've done the thing this year. Absolutely, mm-hmm. they have. But there's still two there's still two games left. These people got to understand. We're allowed to be critical. That, that's that's why you become beat writer. That's why Herb Zakowski is a beat writer for as long as he's been a beat writer. People love Herb, but Herb Herb says it like it is. If anybody ever has ever listened to him during a press conference, he doesn't hold back. That's what I, people may not like Herb for that reason, but that's what I love about Herb because he asks the tough questions. It's not a lot. It's not a, it's not a softball here and there. He always asks the tough questions. He even <laughs> he even gave a shot uh, for the Owls getting Ray, uh, Al Bradbury again for the second straight week. When did this become a Herbster County Stan account? Hmm. I said, when did this podcast become a Herb Zerkowski stand? Well, no, I'm just trying to use it as an example because you can talk about other beat writers and they do you, you don't. We may not see it, but they're critical of their teams that they cover. Why can't you be Cliff? That that was really my reasoning. Is we, if they if they can be, so can you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, maybe it's because you know maybe I don't have the actual journalistic credentials that a lot of these uh, beat writers and broadcasters and what have you have. I mean, sorry, I didn't go to journalism school, but you know, I just offer an opinion, you like it or not, and you know. That's it. I know yeah. what you mean. To and yes, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, I've, I think I've earned the right to be critical. I, I will celebrate the team when they do well, and I will be honest and say, listen, I don't think this works when things aren't working. Mm-hmm. Uh, gosh, I mean, <laughs> how many uh, – the first three years of this podcast, do you remember how awful this team was? Yeah. And we were honest about it. Like we weren't going out of our way to crap all over them, but no. at the same time, like no. we said, listen, this every, isn't working. Every, every lunatic they got, they deserved. One hundred percent, and we don't throw this thing out, you know, willy nilly. As far as I'm concerned, like I mean, no. if, and, and really, what it comes down to is, listen, without criticism, how are you going to know where to improve upon? Mm-hmm. I agree. And it's not just a, it's not just a simple matter of, oh, well, you know, you should do this, you should do that. I mean, like, no. At the end of the day, we're not coaches, we're not uh, front office people. Like, we're just offering an opinion as to what we think isn't working. And you can take it or leave it, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And that's really all it is, is, listen, should I be happy that the Yellowwoods were able to hang with the Blue Bombers? Absolutely. And I am. I'm pleased with that. But at the end of the day— We're just disappointed that they couldn't do anything for the last 23 minutes. Exactly. 
And that's that's what people remember more than anything else. They don't remember the fact that the team was able to go toe-to-toe. They just remember the fact that Winnipeg beat the Alouettes. And as a result, now Montreal has a bit of a tougher road in order to, if they want to host a playoff game, they really got their work cut out for them. That's it. That's really what it comes down to. Yep, they need help. They need help. Um, we, you talked about it before. Uh, if anybody didn't know already, we actually we ha- we now have. Yes, we had one before, but we now have a real Facebook page uh, that's now available. Facebook.com slash just just do a search for, or Facebook.com slash Alouette's Flight Deck Podcast. It's there. It's our new news media podcast site. Um, if you haven't liked, please do, because we're going to be posting a lot of stuff on there, um, trying to keep it like a regular media site. You know, Cliff's already put some stuff up. Anything we, we, we do at iLily that we feel that is deemed necessary, we'll put it up on the new site now, too. And we'll put up, a, like we did last week, we put up depth charts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Hey, that, that, that's go there, like the page, because we're going to try to do some more stuff um, that we can keep track uh, of what we do there. But besides there... All the links are to our main places. You can get go over to alowitzflightdeck.ca. Um, See all of our historical uh, podcasts that we've done for the last six years. Um, mm-hmm. You know that, and obviously we're on so other, social, other social media outlets too. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook again, and we are on Twitter. So and YouTube and YouTube. Okay, YouTube can't forget about the YouTubes, which <laughs> I almost did. <laughs> Yes, you almost did. I almost did this week <laughs> by two days. Yet Cliff, you know when I, you know, yet Cliff, when I text Cliff and say I almost forgot, you know, Cliff says I wonder. I was wondering why I didn't see your, uh, uh, didn't see your post about it. My thought, my first thought was, well, yeah. Why didn't you text me to say where's the where's the podcast on YouTube? <laughs> yeah, I got I got to shoulder some of that too, I suppose. <laughs> Our bad. So. But yeah, uh, you know we want to hear from you guys. We, there are many ways to talk to us, and uh, with YouTube also. Don't forget when we get to 100 likes, which we're really wanting you guys to do, go over there. And if you haven't already, even if you don't really listen to the podcast all that often from there, at least like the site. Once we get to 100 people, we have a we have a great gift that we're going to be giving out to you guys. So. Oh, yeah. And it'll be very appropriate for this time of year. So by all means, uh, like, subscribe, uh, leave your feedback, good or bad, on the podcast. Uh, we want to hear from you all. So definitely go check out the Alouette's Flight Deck on YouTube. Exactly. Okay. Um, so we this is the second game of the home and home. Um, obviously, it is very important that the Alouettes win because uh, I think they just need to end the season on a two-game winning streak no matter if they end up in third or second. Because we'll find out out Friday night if winning two games in a row can get us to host that Eastern final semifinal, that Eastern semifinal. Yeah, unfortunately, the Eastern final is just not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen for us this year. No, even with everybody finishing at six and six, we would still not have the tiebreaker over Hamilton. But we would still get get the. You know, we, we would we would still get sorry at eight eight at eight uh, at seven and seven, seven and seven. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, f- 
first, though, and this is the thing that that's that can be concerning is you know looking at the at the injury reports. Uh, other news aside, which we'll talk about here, I mentioned before, Caminardis Payne didn't practice because of a hamstring. Philip Gagnon lower leg didn't practice. Um, the others who were were healthy scratches all did. Um, uh, Brian Hallaramana uh, uh, did not practice again because of an ankle. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like we may get Martis Jackson back, which would help for mm-hmm. our, our return game. Um, Sean Jameson coming off the sixth game. Uh, That's going to be huge. Yeah. Christian Matt hasn't been there for two games. He's not practiced, but it's, it's been considered not injury related. Uh, sorry, he did practice. He did practice uh, today. Uh, yes. Schultz did not practice, so we already know. As, it, as I said earlier, it was already announced that Harris will be starting. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tony Washington ankle. He's been, it's been tough for him for the past couple of weeks. I think they I, mean, I think he, they give him a couple of days during the week. No, it's, and yeah, I think at this point in his career, I mean, if he needs to take a day or two, then by all means you let him because when he does show up for game day, there's no question about that. When he's when the bright lights come on, he's there and he does his job extremely well. So if he's got to take some time to rest any nagging injuries or things like that, then by all means, he I think he's earned the right to do that. Yeah, exactly. Now. Obviously, the big news that came across the wire today was who's going to be starting for Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be Zach Caleros. <laughs> nope. In fact, he's not even going to be making the trip, I don't believe. Oh, interesting. I had not heard that. Uh, yeah, from what I saw from the Winnipeg uh, media, it sounds to me like uh... – Zach Caleros won't even suit up for this game. Who's or gonna, the, the, op- the option is there. I who's backing say, up Sean McGuire? Uh, his name is Drew Hill. Okay. Although Mike O'Shea apparently did state that if the option is there to dress three quarterbacks, he would. To me, I don't know if I would. It would, it would, it would come on. Would O'Shea really use up another spot for a third quarterback? Uh, to me, that's... I mean that's bold. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I mean that to me doesn't give the exactly the the high sign that your court, your backup quarterback is uh, to me you know be I'm, able to do I, job. I think that I think that's bull. <laughs> I think I'm saying that's just bull. Oh, it could very well be just be playing mind games. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, or just just giving just giving the Alouettes you know pause for consideration. Which okay, fine. The, I, I'm I'm all for a little gamesmanship. The, the, this goes back now to what the Alouettes have dealt with this year. The Alouettes this year are zero and two. When de- meeting a court, when facing a quarterback that is making his first CFL start, hmm. unfortunately. So, I, I mean, McGuire seems to be doing a good job when it comes to his short yardage stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of reminds me of, um, oh, what's 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 his name? Um, Pays for Arizona now. Chris Trevler. Thank you. Kind of reminds me of him a little bit, but we don't know how he, he's more. Seems to be more of a running quarterback. Mm-hmm. What What's your thought with the Owls facing McGuire? Well, I'm I'm amused to see that so many people online are automatically switching their pick and picks to the Alouettes based strictly on the fact that Sean McGuire is going to be playing this game and start starting and playing in this game. Uh, yeah, you can't overlook the fact that every time. It, like this season, the Alouettes are zero and two, 
when facing a brand new quarterback. By that same token, though, we really haven't seen a whole lot of Sean McGuire other than in short yardage situations. So we really don't know what he can do, if anything. Exactly. I mean, it, it works both ways. He could wow everybody and be the next Peyton Manning. Or he could really, truly just be a placeholder, like literally, truly just a warm body in there so that, you know, the the boomers just go and they play this game because they're contractually obligated to. And then, you know, just try to get out of there as get out of personal Molson Stadium as healthy as possible. It can go either way, quite frankly. Uh, I think no matter what, Montreal has to be prepared. They have to be prepared and they've got to be playing a lot better. They, they got to be able to set the tone right away and they prove that they can they can play very well against this Winnipeg team. Like that's never been in question for the most part. Mm-hmm. What I think is going to be the difference though, is playing at home. Sometimes I just don't see them all that inspired. It almost feels like they got to play catch up. Like the past couple of games has, have been like that for the Alouettes. I think something's got to change. I think they really truly have to go in and just punch them in the mouth right away. Like they really got to set the tone early in this game. Mm-hmm. And the best way to do it too, is to just, load up the box on a guy like Sean McGuire, like really give him a whole lot to look at. Like he's, he's going to be in tough for sure because this Alouette's defense has proven that they can, they can step up and make plays happen. So I think that's, what's going to be key for Montreal is just to be able to set the tone early to really, truly make Winnipeg make mistakes. That's to me, what's going to have to happen. Trevor Harris simply has to be better. Like, the couple, the two touchdowns that he threw against Winnipeg, he looked good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to take anything away. The, the series where the, he scored those touchdowns, he looked crisp. He looked really well. Problem is, it's not consistent. For every good series that he had, there was a lot of two and outs where he was either holding on to the ball too long or misjudging his receivers, and it just sty- he, he got stymied on a new, number of occasions too. So he looked like I would expect Sean McGuire to look. You know, as far as a backup quarterback goes. Right. Problem is, Trevor Harris is not the backup. He's the starter. I expect him to play like a starting quarterback does. I expect him to play like a quarterback who's getting paid a very healthy salary. So to me, that's going to be very important for Montreal is Trevor Harris really has to show up. Show up and show out. Like to give Alouette's fans just even a glimmer of confidence that if Hamilton does their thing on Friday night, wins the game, Montreal is still alive to host that playoff game. We know it has to be done at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I sincerely hope that's the case. I really hope that 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 should motivate him above all else. If it doesn't, then we really truly have a problem. So, to me, I want to see what Montreal can do. I want to see what else Montreal can bring. Uh, I think a lot of the players that have had to step in, they need to step up big time. Uh, Reggie White Jr. scored his first t- CFL touchdown last week. I expect him to get a lot more looks. I expect him to be a bigger part of this offense. He looked good, too. <laughs> yep. Uh, if Cameron Artis Payne can't go, because I have a feeling, too, that William Stanback's going to be on a pitch count again, because, again, he, he reached his 1,000 yards, but we don't want him getting hurt. I don't think the Alouettes want him to risk any injury, especially in this game, which is important, but it's not important for Winnipeg. So I, I could see them doing a little bit of head hunting as well. Just knowing full well that if you take out Stanbeck, that changes the dynamic completely. 
So if Cameron Artis Payne is ready to go, I expect him to be able to step up and have a good game. I expect Jeshwin Antwi to be able to step up and have a good game, especially if Stanback doesn't play an entire game. I mean, to me, you got to reestablish this ground game because they've gotten away from it twice now with uh, against yeah. Saskatchewan and against uh, Winnipeg uh, I agree. towards the end. I agree. To me, and again, all that's going to do is just take some of the pressure off of Harris. That way he doesn't have to worry about trying to make the big play happen. And again, especially to, if he's going to keep holding on to the ball as long as what he has, maybe knowing that he can just turn around and hand it off to Antwi or hand it off to Artis Payne and let them do their thing. Because we, we saw what Cameron Artis Payne can do. I mean, if, he, if his hamstring holds up and he's able to play as we know he can, that's going to be huge. That's going to take a lot of the pressure off of Trevor Harris. And at that point, mixes things up. It gets Winnipeg thinking as well. Like, okay, well now we've really got to we, we we just can't keep attacking Harris because you know he's going to hand off to to the running back. So to me, I, I want to see a much more varied attack from the Alouettes. Simple as that. The defense, as far as I'm concerned, they're on point. They're able to do the job. They're able to do what needs to be done to win football games. Mm-hmm. Like the losses that the Alouettes have had the past games cannot be on this defense. At the end of the day, it comes down to Kahari, his play calling, and the offense that's put out there. I really want to see what I, I really want to see a much more varied offense. And really make Winnipeg make mistakes. Really keep them second guess. Start making them second guess themselves. I mean, it's it's easy. Like at eleven to one, it's easy to coast right now for, for the Blue Bombers. And the fact that Sean McGuire is playing in this game definitely speaks to the fact that they're starting to think about resting their starters, which is, as far as I'm concerned, a good thing because this win or lose isn't going to affect anything for the Blue Bombers. Right, right. So they've got to they got to do what's best for them. By that same token, Montreal has still has stuff to play for. They still have playoff position to play for. So I, I want to see a much better effort from everybody, but specifically this offense. You, you tell me you got this high power quarterback. You tell me you got this. You know you got all you got all of this talent. I want to see it reach its potential on Saturday. I think simple as that. I'm going to disagree with you on a couple of points. I actually think that. Um... I, I think the the game plan will be centered around Stanbeck with uh with passing kind of secondary. I think if, if the Alouettes are able to shore up their front line and just get Stanbeck to, you know, run like a bulldozer, I think because uh, look, we did it last week. I, I think he can easily do it again, especially if 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 it's, for, you know, if they get a lead. Okay, if they get a lead, I understand. You know, s- switch it out. But I mean, it's yeah. I, I think uh, it's, it's weird to say to less of our quarterback, the better this week. <laughs> I, it is weird to say that, but like I said, Trevor Harris, like you look at his numbers, like he was pretty much a fifty-fifty quarterback. Yeah. So if if that's the case, then obviously find ways to get other parts of the offense involved. And, you know, it's not a bad thing. Like Matthew Schiltz leaned on his running backs. Vernon Adams leaned on his running backs. I mean, that's sometimes that's what you have to do. Like if the passes aren't happening, if you're just not connecting with the receivers for whatever reason, you got to go to the ground game. It's, it's, it's simple as that. And again, the Alouettes have some very talented running backs on the team, not just William Stanbeck. This this team does have some very talented running backs, so I mean, like, you got to lean on these guys as much as you can. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. 
I agree. Uh, Alouette's, uh, even though with all these changes currently, I don't know if this is going to change or not, they're a 7.5-point underdog at home. Um, Over-under is uh, uh, 44 points. I can't uh, help but wonder with, with the... Sorry, the plus-minus. That- sorry, plus-minus is 44 points. What was that? I said I can't help but wonder, now that it's official that Sean McGuire is going to be playing for the Bombers, I wonder if that's going to change the lines any tomorrow. I don't know. Good question. Because if, if it doesn't, then folks, take the money and run. <laughs> Again, I'm not saying... Well, hey, 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 hey. Uh, Owls, if you would have bet the Owls last week and took the points, you would have won. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's... Like nothing's a guarantee, but yeah. No, I know, I know. Yeah. Um, plus two is by look of things. Looks like the rain may hold off at the beginning of the game. The games at by the way, the games at one o'clock. This is the game that was switched because of the COVID game uh, scheduling, which is coming up uh, at the well, coming up soon. Um, mm-hmm. So it's. Um, it's family day, so you can get your kids for, in for five bucks, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. By the way, five dimes has the has the spread at uh, Winnipeg at minus eight, and then over under at forty four and a half. Mm. But as you said, that may change. That may so. Um, yeah, come out. I mean, said we got two two games left of the year. This is this is this is the this is the only afternoon game that the Alouettes had this year. And I'm actually glad the game was switched because I was actually tired of leaving in the game and it being dark. <laughs> yeah, I mean, originally this was going to be a four o'clock game. But yeah. I mean, now with daylight savings time finished, I mean, now you know it gets darker sooner. So I mean, this it could have very well still been dark by the time you get there at four o'clock. But now. At one o'clock, which is a little more family friendly time, mm-hmm. and you actually get some daylight. Yep. Then yeah. Exactly. And, you know, whether it's possible it's going to rain, that's fine. I don't care. But, hey, afternoon football, I'll take it. Especially Saturday afternoon football, I'll take it. Yeah. And no uh, conflicts with the Canadians or anything like that. Nope, so, I nope. mean, yeah, so the game should be on. If you're, if you're into just listening to the guys on uh, English or French radio, by all means, go ahead. But the, there is no, there is no conflict for the uh, TSN 690 broadcast. So, and, and by the way, Joey Alfieri, I, I have to give him a shout out. He did an amazing job filling in for Sean Campbell last week. He did an amazing job. Just want to give oh. him a shout out. There you go. I mean, friend of the show, uh, you know, Joey, Joey's doing this thing, you know, that he covers pretty much everything sports related in Montreal now. I mean, he, yeah, he did a back to back yesterday, uh, last week. He did, he did the uh, Alouettes and then he got home and he did the, uh, uh, I guess what you would call it probably the worst, this, the, the worst game of his week. What it was the, the, uh, I was supposed to call them the impact, uh, <laughs> uh, CF Snowflake losing. Yeah. A game that they absolutely had to win and to get into the playoffs exactly. Yeah, so now, uh, which is funny by know. the way, how the MLS calls the last those last games because they all started at the exact same time, and it was they called them it was decision day. They yeah. they call the last game of the year decision day. Yeah, unfortunately, the decision that CF Snowflake made was to not show up for the game, mm-hmm. but you know, it happens. That's yeah. that's sports for you, folks. 
Exactly. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, mm-hmm. and sometimes you just don't even bother. So mm-hmm. I'm oh, trying wow. to think. I'm trying to think if there's anything else news-wise that we need to let it, to update everybody on. No, I mean transactions. Not really transactions. Not really because uh, it's somebody we picked up, but then somebody we did we dropped. <laughs> I was like, okay, he wasn't here long. Well, and as I said earlier, like it's just unfortunate the Yellowettes haven't uh, been looking more towards O-line help considering the woes that they've been having and just trying to find experienced O-linemen to come in and help out this team, especially, mm-hmm. too, as they push towards the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's – again, this uh, – I, I think about Derek Dennis out in Edmonton. Of all the people that you – you could have swung a deal with, especially too, knowing that you did do a deal with the Elks in order to get Trevor Harris. If there was a way you could have gotten Derek Dennis's playing rights, like, and I, again, I know there's, there's a whole, whole situation out there when it comes to Derek Dennis and the Elks, but, uh, if somehow, some way they could have found a way to make that work. He would have made a huge difference as far as I'm concerned. And just having that O-line depth is so important. And we've seen it because whether it was Matthew Schiltz, Vernon Adams, or Trevor Harris behind center, there were times like teams were able to get sacks on this O-line. Yeah. I mean, there, there was a time when this was a very cohesive unit, when they were all healthy at the start of the season. Nobody was touching the quarterback at all, but now it's almost it's starting to feel like a free-for-all back there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, for, yeah, sorry. sorry. Uh, like I said, it's, I, I know there's been injuries. I know there's been rookies that are having to start on this O-line. And it's not an easy job to do. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you've got to protect your quarterback no matter what. And that really does fall on the offensive line. I mean... Well, it's funny you mentioned the offensive line because the Alouettes actually did pick up three. Uh, Taylor Tapp and Nick... I think it's Calendar. It's not spelled the exact same way, but it's that's that's, that's what it looks like. They're both O-linemen. Um, both of them were, were uh, added to the... Uh, They've already both cleared uh, COVID protocol, and they're both on the practice roster. Huh. And the Alouettes dropped Christian Olmstead, which the he was here to literally for uh, a day. Not, yeah, not even here to <laughs> to have a poutine. So, jeez, yeah. But again, like like it's great that they're adding these 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 old linemen. But at the same time, like I kind of would prefer to have like guys who have had actual CFL experience. Like I said, you, you really just can't just stick a guy that's like six seven, three hundred pounds. And expect it to just automatically work. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more to being an offensive lineman than just being a big fella. Like, I mean, it helps, but uh, at the same time, like, you still got to be able to play this game. And to me, not going after someone with more CFL experience, to me, like, that, that's a move that I would have been making long before going out and getting a Trevor Harris. By the way, out of curious, I have to ask you before we finish up the show, up the show you saw the, that the, the email, you know, as the owls do every, for every game, the X amount of reasons why you should be coming out to the game. Right. So they, mm-hmm. they came out with one this week. It was called, it was called the, the triptych fun family football. And my first question is I have to look up what the hell the word, what the hell triptych means. <laughs> I had no clue. Did, be honest, did you? Not a clue. I mean, believe it or not, French is not my first language, despite being born it's and raised French. here. It's not French. That's it. It's that's like, the funny I, thing I, is, it's not French, and I did not know. And as soon as I said, it's like, oh my god, I know what it means. <laughs> it's very. It's like an art term. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know that now. You, you looked it up yourself. Oh, uh, I. Yeah. Okay. Because again, it's such a bizarre word. To yeah. Use. So, and so for these who don't know, it's a picture or relief carving on three panels, typically hinged together side by side and used as an as an 
as an altarpiece. And I, there's a friend of mine who lives in Orlando, uh, a former, actually a former um, a co-host of mine, mm-hmm. um, Adam, and him and his wife have a ton of these things. I don't know what to call them, but now I know. It's a triptych. Yeah. I mean, come on, Tim. <laughs> You don't yeah. like the triptych collection, Tim? Uh, I mean, come, come on, on. triptych, come on, come, come on. Um, but yeah, there is. Oh, there is one thing I do want to mention. And oh, we get probably... we get fifteen. There are fifteen hundred koozies and fifty fanny packs that are being given away to fans attending the game. <gasps> Ooh, who doesn't like free swag? Fanny packs. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you laugh, but they're making a comeback. I know, I know. When they're showing up on the on the GTA stuff uh, that I keep on watching online, you know they're making a comeback. What are we going to say? Uh, well, the Alouettes also just sent out an email talking about the uh, potential of hosting the Eastern semifinal. Yes, yes. And to me, that's bold. You're pretty much counting your chickens before they hatch. Because as, as we've talked about earlier in the show, if Toronto wins on Friday, then it's all moot. Yeah. But this idea that you're going to start selling the tickets, and yes, they did say as well, if for whatever reason the game doesn't happen, you will be refunded. But at the same time, like maybe just wait. Well, and, and by the way, and for those who don't know what we're talking about, if you're not, if you're a season ticket holder, you receive these because you're able to buy them at a, at an additional discount. We already mm-hmm. have our tickets as a season ticket holder, but you'd be able to get them as as but yeah, I, I can understand why they're doing it, Cliff, especially because it would be literally, literally in two weeks. Mm-hmm. That's not like not like t- you have an extra week to sell for the Eastern final. No, I agree. It, it, for, in that sense, I agree. But at the same time, it's still one of those. Yeah, I understand that. <laughs> but think about this, Cliff. Being a season ticket holder, they're already included. In what we've paid for. I, I agree. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I understand your point. They're trying to sell, and I think they're still going at, at, redu- at still at reduced capacity, because as far as I can see, I, I don't think they're making any changes. I don't think. Well, with all due respect, why would they, when you can't even guarantee that the team's going to play that game? It'd be, a, as far as I'm concerned, it'd be a far different story if we knew 100% that the Alouettes would be playing that Eastern final. Like if they had clinched second place 100%, you'd know. Mm-hmm. And then I can see the full court press. But mm-hmm. like they're still, it's still all very much in the up in the air. Like to me, this just, this just screams of somebody, you know, shooting their load prematurely. <laughs> I just double checked. Oh, um, yeah, I just double checked. Um, they haven't changed the so we're regard they're still going based off of the social distancing numbers uh, mm-hmm. how they set it up so okay yeah that's fine I mean that's to be expected this year I mean this this year has just been there's been, there's so many asterisks as far as this year goes so I mean like you just sort of sort of par for the course right now so I agree it is what it is I agree hey we're glad you guys were able to join us and I'm glad we were able to bring you the show this week because as it we got started an hour an hour plus late this week doing the show so uh, uh, if I happen to sound a little bit funnier it's because I'm using old school technology rather than what I normally do so um, 
but but we make it work. That's yeah, what it counts. Yeah, we made it, we made it work. And uh, again, if you haven't been over to our new Facebook page, please get over there. I said facebook.com slash Alouette's Flight Deck Podcast. Uh, just give us a like. Um, and uh, yeah, we're trying, trying to grow the brand. So uh, if you're... We're gonna, yeah, again, we're going to try to grow this brand as best as possible. So Yeah, and of course... Always, you can reach us at Alouette's FL Deck on Twitter. So make sure you reach out to us. Mm-hmm. If you want to reach out to me, mm-hmm. you can do so at Cliffy D. If you want to talk to Tim, hit him up at, at Repact. I mean, there's more than enough ways to, for you to get in touch with us and let us know about the show, how we can make things better, how we can improve. Uh, if we're doing a great job, let us know that as well because we always appreciate that as well. So by all means, folks, uh, like this is your podcast too. So make sure you participate, uh, whether you do it through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, however you want to interact with us, by all means, reach out to us and be a part of this. Be a part of the flight crew. Yes, sir. So I hope you guys enjoy the game, whether you're watching it in person or on television or just listening on the radio. Uh, We'll be back next week, hopefully with some very good news and where we'll be able to continue on uh, our march to the Grey Cup. So for everybody here at the Alouette's Flight Deck, for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. One final approach. Take off to the great white north. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Take off to the great white north. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.